Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the vid doc that came out from Bungie about the five-year plan, quoting Luke Smith there. One of the kind of walk through my thoughts on everything they said about the moon and beyond. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. There's a link below in the description. I'm usually live when these hit the feeds. As always, you can hit like and subscribe. That's a free way to help me out. Uh, and the PJ Mask shirt is a shirt that uh, my wife got for the whole family. And my daughter asked me to wear it today because I got back from LA and that's why I wanted to make this video. So I'm wearing this for my daughter. So he's like, why is he wearing a PJ Mask shirt? That's why. All right. So I want to walk through some of the things that were said and outlined in this video and kind of give my thoughts. Number one, I want to engage with the five years. Like, what do they mean by that? Uh, we're making some speculation that I think has some grounding in the video itself of where that five years lands. Is it, does it include year one and two of Destiny 2 or not? So we're going to talk about that. Secondly, they talked about deepening the player experience, then the seasons of change, and then lastly, more ways to play. So I'm going to try and walk through all of this and kind of give my thoughts. I usually try to keep these videos around 10 to 15 minutes just for the sake of people trying to listen and watch on YouTube to have a nice quick video. So five years. When, when Luke Smith says this, you know, our five-year plan for the game or our plan for the next five years or whatever, it's followed by, you know, a screenshot of year three, and then it says the moon and beyond. And a lot of us were thinking, okay, is this year three of the five years? So that means there's only, you know, next year being year four, and then after that year five, or does it go further than that? We in the chat kind of happened to think the more we looked at it, that year three, the year we're about to go into, the you know, Shadowkeep is the beginning of their five-year plan, is what we think they're doing. I don't think Luke Smith would use this phrasing with respect to year one, because year one was not a part of this plan, and really, honestly, neither was Forsaken. He talks about later in the video about how Forsaken, they had to break a lot of the bones and then reset them. And so, he's couching that in a more reactionary sort of state. And we've, we've been saying that, right? Forsaken was a bit of a reaction. It was a way to kind of fix things. Now, we're on a path, and they really want to set the stage of where we're going. So, I would say, with a pretty good amount of confidence, and we'll do some math later in this video, because there was some stuff on a dry erase board. The math lines up with, year three, what we're about to go into with Shadowkeep is the first of a five-year plan that they have for the game. And I think this may even line up with predictions we've made about the sequel. This would get us pretty far into the next console generation life before launching a fully-fledged sequel. So, that is what I think is going on. There were some other things kind of said with respect to this plan. Uh, You know, Eric Osborne said, we're now in total control, so if they do something that doesn't seem to be working, he says we're now in total control. When he says that, if you pay close attention, we kind of looked at it and and, and slowed it down and replayed it a few times. There's like a very small micro-expression that he makes, like almost like a little bit of a grin. You can clearly see he's happy and pleased that they're now in total control, as well as a line from Luke Smith is, they're wanting to build a destiny that they're all proud to make. And I think that line says something, too, that up to this point, there has been a divide in the company. There have been probably people working on different projects and different things, and they probably weren't all that proud of it. They probably knew that D2 was not the game they wanted to build, was not the game that they, you know, they wanted to to, to set up. And so 
they're they're trying to establish like where they would like to go this unified vision is something i've been talking about a lot if you go back and watch my videos where i talked about josh hamrick leaving and wisniewski leaving and people leaving was actually not an alarming thing because in my mind they needed a unified vision everything we had seen up to that point from leaks and other things that had come out it was clear that there was not a unified vision for where destiny needed to go and this vid doc really puts that in in clear terms that they are trying to not just tell us what they're going to build but they're trying to tell us where they want to go with the game and i think that's helpful when we start critiquing and judging certain things as they come out how much is it serving that vision for an action mmo with a single evolving world that's going to have a long-term life you know, that's going to help us kind of critique it within that context. Secondly, they talked about a deeper player experience. This obviously highlights a lot of things we already know about. You know, they highlight Armor 2.0, mods, a new mod economy and system. But then they also talked about almost like darkness-powered imbued weapons that are going to, like, play a part in glowing and doing different things when nightmares are near. I don't know if they're going to have unique powers and abilities against the nightmares. I think that would be pretty cool if they did. Or at the very least, they would have new powers that seem dark or a little bit on the the non-light side that would make them make those weapons really interesting and that would be a pretty good you know value point given that they're not doing much with the original weapons there's not going to be a giant injection of a ton of weapons there's four invex offensive there's the raid weapons and then these would be like almost like the moon weapons it looks like you're going to be making those with Eris. and luke smith made it very clear you're going to be making these weapons and he says if you didn't get the role that you wanted he said you'll be able to make more at the rune table there were people speculating does he mean you're going to be able to re-roll the weapons no the phrasing that he uses he has pretty good verb verb agreement in the sentence he talks about making the weapons and then making more so in his mind making means you're creating a weapon and you're going to be able to do that when you look at the actual screenshot when he talks about that it seems that that new bounty system that new bounty icon is there one more time Time. there's the dailies and the weeklies but then there's the new bounty with like the arrows inside the box i am not talking about the sorting arrows so many people got that wrong whenever i talk about this they're like lono you're just looking at the sorting arrows inside the actual bounty box itself there are there's like these arrows and i've been speculating that those are reloadable bounties because the ada bounties always required you to go back to the tower and i thought if you add bounties like that that are intentional they need to be reloadable or rechargeable so you can do them again the way that the chalice works and that could be what you're doing as you grab some of these dailies from Eris, and then you'll be able to buy more. I'm not sure if running out of dailies and weekly bounties is going to limit how often you can make these weapons. That might be frustrating for people if they feel like they have that, it's almost like that candy crush, you're out of moves kind of thing, come back tomorrow with no micro spending to get past it. People might not like that if they're enjoying that weapon grind. Imagine going to Ada and being like, no, you can't craft any more of that weapon this week. You have to wait for some more daily bounties tomorrow. So we'll have to see how they're tying that new currency in to the the actual rune table with with building those weapons. Next, they talk about Seasons of Change, and this is where the five-year plan that they have, you can start to kind of make sense of the math when you see the dry erase board in some of these shots. You see uh, Season 4, I'm sorry, Season 11. So you see all the seasons that we're presently in and going to all the way up to Season 11. And then after Season 11 on the dry erase board, we see Year 4, five six and seven so year four five six and seven that's four years okay if you add in the year that we're about to go into that's five years that lines up 
with a five-year plan. Now, I don't know if in that five-year plan, there's eventually a jumping point to new platform um, or new engine, you know, better performance on the consoles because next year, 2021, we're going to be jumping into year four on the dry erase board. Well, that's when the new console launches. And then year five would be a year later into the new console lifecycle, and then another year, year six, and then another year, year seven. That's a lot of years on the new console. That's basically four years on the new console generation. And if all those years are spent in Destiny 2 with a Tiger engine and no dedicated servers, I would have concerns about that. I would think whatever technology that Luke Smith indicated they're trying to build in the background to help them deliver content in a more expeditious fashion, I hope they figure that out. Um... So, our engine is fully threaded for performance on all platforms, both today and for the next 10 years. If they're banking on continuing to use Tiger, I don't have doubts that they can optimize it for stronger systems. Look at how beautiful the game runs on PC. That's not what I have in doubt. My doubts about the Tiger engine have more to do with its agility, its adaptability, and the quickness with which they can make changes, updates, and new content. That's my main concern. The engine can clearly be optimized, and you can squeeze a lot out of this game on PC. Like, compare how beautiful you can make Destiny look and how well it runs, and then crank everything up in Borderlands 3. There's optimization problems in Borderlands 3 that are really not there in Destiny 2. Destiny 2 is very runs very, very well, but I just, I think the technological limitations of the engine, as well as how quickly they can do things, is my primary concern with staying on Tiger Engine. They also said that these seasons and these years, year four, five, six, and seven, they don't reference, but they're clearly in the camera shot on purpose. They're trying to create a continuous narrative. So no, no more like siloed DLC of a contained story and then you're done. It's going to be a continuous narrative, which whenever they're talking about the seasons in a little bit, I want to talk about some of the exciting phrasing that they use. Because lastly, they talked about more ways to play so every season they're going to give you an artifact that has infinite leveling and they wanted to use this as a way to give you more power there's champions in the nightmare mode they have specific things that they do we saw overload we saw the the barrier ones where you can get mods on your artifact that make your weapon have that specific icon on it and then you use it against those specific champions as they appear in the nightmare hunts we also saw four difficulties in the nightmare hunts so I was wrong about that they did not get rid of adept difficulty well we saw the four difficulties in nightfalls and so we're assuming those carry over into nightmare hunt since we already saw adept hero and legend at gamescom for nightmare hunt we're assuming that master is just being added as an even higher one it seems that going up in difficulty is all about getting more currency and more rewards you can make exotics a common drop if you go up high enough they're also talking about more ways to play in the future they want to have a renewed pvp focus and that seemed to be a pretty you know decent chunk of the video that you know they're committed to pvp bringing back the maps bringing back that feel that everyone loved and then you know lars bakken says they've got four iterations of 3v3 elim they want to test and get feedback on i don't know if in their mind they're trying to pick between four versions for trials and that's why they're doing it that way but it seems like they're wanting to get that cranked up and, and ready to go very quickly also with more ways to play there's the vex offensive that kind of comes in and gets retired and then they said they kind of walked through the seasons for us they said season eight is a catalyst to where you know kind of where things are going to go season nine is a build-up season 10 is going to get really intense and then at season 11 they said it all comes together it'll be like no other time in destiny so with some of the narrative elements on bungie pointing to savathun being behind all this i could see 
season 11 if it's all coming together that's what kind of leads to the culmination in year four which would be Savathun, the Dreadnought, and all those things we've been kind of anticipating with Savathun kind of all over the game. So, that's kind of my walk through the vid doc, what I thought, five year plan, all the various things they're trying to do. We're going to go to Q&A next, so if you're here live, don't go anywhere. If you're listening or watching in all the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the vid doc, the new vid doc from Bungie that outlined what they're calling their five-year plan for for the moon and beyond, uh, seemingly the next five years, starting with year three. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live. There's a link below, twitch.tv slash say no to rage if you want to hang out with us on the live streams to submit these questions we're going to start taking these questions it might be a little bit of a shorter uh, session today we did this later in the day i got back from la and wanted to do a, a stream and a video but usually q a is happening earlier in the day and it's a lot more busy and i that's okay we don't need don't force it and just submit questions just for the sake of it so waves rm with the first question what are your thoughts on dlc prep people are stacking bounties should bungie focus on stopping this uh or not as big of an issue with the contest modifier well, I mean, obviously the artifact can make up the difference. I mean, the Gate Lord's Eye, since it's available to all Destiny 2 players, you upgrade it to increase your power. Here's the thing that I find interesting, though, and I don't know if it's free to all players. It's at level 7 of the pass on the free track. So I don't know if that's for everybody. I, I, I would imagine that everybody gets it, but maybe you don't get the... It looks to me like the artifact doesn't show up for free players until level 7, um, which means that you know paying players who buy Shadowkeep are, I would think, going to be getting it right away then. Um, so... I, you know, dope shirt. Oh, thank you. My, my daughter asked me to wear this today because she's wearing hers. So <laughs> I wore it for her. Uh, I don't typically wear PJ Masks t-shirts. Uh, in any case, um, that just shows you the power a daughter has, you know? Uh, yeah, it looks like, it looks like, um, that's the box right there at year one. Yeah, Darren, you know, that's probably a good thought. This box here is probably the armor set that's covered in grass and then like the artifact right because don't you get like an armor set like right away um and then maybe you get the cooler one as you play or something i don't know uh it's kind of confusing because level 20 on the free pass is showing this chess piece and then when we move next here that same chess piece is showing up at level 27 so i don't i don't know i don't know like some of this looks a little confusing uh, you, oh, you think it's the ornament? So you think this is the ornamental version? If they just have the, like the, maybe the wrong picture, I don't know. Um, it seems really interesting. Yeah, because the helmet's here too. The hunter helmet is on the paid track at thirty-four, and it's on the free track at twenty-five. So it must be the ornamental, like really, really shiny version, and that's why it's showing up later, uh, which can be a little confusing. Well, the chest piece is showing up again at fifty-four. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. Salty Rob. Upon watching the Bungie video, which overall it was great, I saw multiple bosses stomping to my chagrin. (laughs) Chagrin. I'm sorry. How loud do we have to scream to get rid of this boss stomping mechanic? I, You know, I I don't know. I mean, Bungie might have just been being cheeky. I mean, maybe they just like the idea of, of 
stomp being something that kind of keeps you back from barrel stuffing, you know? No, yeah, here are the ornaments. The shiny ornaments are here, level 64 and 67. So, yeah, I don't know. They could be better rolled versions, yeah. Yeah, because the shiny, nicer versions are a lot later in the past. We just didn't go far enough to see them. So I don't know why the helmet and the chest piece are on here multiple times. Uh, I'm not really I'm not really quite sure uh, what the point of that is. Um because you unlock the seasonal armor set substitutional alloy and then there's also the set that has like all the stuff on it like the grass and stuff on it it could just be placeholders yeah this might not be a completed uh, book it might be there might be duplicates on here just to fill the space Slayer X did I answer that question yeah, I'm not going to die on the hill of Boss Stomp. I mean, if they start to tweak modifiers so the combat's more exciting, Boss Stomp will always be a frustration, but they could definitely be a, you know, there could be more going on with combat now that we'll be more in control of how often we get heavy and, you know, energy ammo and everything else, or secondary ammo, or special. Sorry, all the classifications are jacked at this point. Uh, Slayer X says... The vid doc talked about creating a singular and continuous story, and for many reasons to come, uh, for many reasons to come. But we also have been told that each season can be played as a standalone and purchased a la carte. Doesn't this seem like a weird choice if you let people pick and choose seasons uh, within the new step of the narrative? Well, no. Empowering the consumer to buy what they want is not at odds with this with this single evolving narrative, because I would think that their hope is that every time you come to this page and you see the free track and the other track you especially once you get into like the 40s and 50s and then obviously beyond once you get beyond 60 you're not getting anything on the top except for the the best of ingram okay so i think bungie's hope would be that for $10, if you're like a week or two into January, you're going to feel like you're really missing out on the new activity. You're missing out on, you know, all these things on the bottom here that look, that look dope and that look appealing. You know, and it gets obviously better as you go. They would hope, I would think, that you would just feel motivated to say, all right, let me, let me, let me swipe my card here because I want that ornament at level 88 or level 87. I don't want to miss out. And that that's not at odds with the single evolving narrative because you're still able to jump in for a fairly low cost and then you're you're right there as part of the narrative i would imagine in bungie's mind if you make it into the fifth and sixth year of the franchise and you care about the game you're gonna throw 10 bucks at the game to have the new season pass and the new activity and the new story elements you're not gonna sit on the sidelines unless you literally can't afford it you just literally don't have two nickels to rub together you know people fall on hard times and lose their jobs and that's never that's never that's never good but i think that you're you're still you're still gonna have tons of people tons of people that are if you're playing at this stage in Bungie's life cycle, you got no problem throwing ten dollars at a season pass like this and a new activity. Far West Fox. With the trace rifles being in the raid again, do you think this is the best this was the best call, or would you rather have it be a quest still? Okay, so a lot of people may not know this. The original the original calendar that we looked at for Shadowkeep showed the divinity, that trace rifle that's an exotic as a quest item at the end of October, I believe. 
and come to find out it was actually meant to be the Xeno file am I saying that right um, it's basically like a real hefty uh, it's a real hefty what's it called Xenophage sorry Xenophage it is a machine gun that I believe looks like a kind of like it behaves like a sniper rifle so they have changed that I don't know what that means for those of us that were hoping there'd be more intentionality about the raid exotic I think a lot of you were hoping like oh well by the time October 29th rolls around if you haven't gotten the raid exotic there's a quest I I think that the uh, the xenophage is going to be the quest and that the divinity is the raid exotic I don't know if they're going to put some sort of protections in place though so people can have a little bit more direction because I just gave up on the anarchy I was like yep I'm done I don't care uh, it just, it, it, it's too hard to get it. So pandemic Louis says in order to bring players into strikes, what if they bring something similar like the chalice to the Vanguard, but instead of consumable slotted for a weapon, you're slotting to change elemental damage of an owned weapon, like one slot to the weapon you would modify. Yeah, I don't I don't really want to read the rest of this, you know, other slot for currency or material and the last slot for a damage mod like in D2 vanilla. Shut me down if this sounds stupid. I I wouldn't say it sounds stupid. I just th- I can't engage with elaborate ideas like this, homie. There's no way for me to know what ramifications this system could bring. Changing elements on a gun, I'm not too concerned about that. And then you have another slot that you would, I guess, expand for currency material, and then the last slot would be for, like, a damage mod. Again, this is not really the time and the place for people to submit stuff like this. This isn't necessarily a question. This is you outlining some idea that you think is great, and you want me to interact with it, and I just can't. There's no way for me to kind of, like, look into the future and foresee all the pitfalls of this. It's too... There's, it's too nuanced. I, I, I don't, I don't like questions like that because it, it feels like people are more focused on, like, just sharing their idea. Like, I can't really engage with it. Flying mangoes. When Luke said, "Here's our five-year vision for the game," do you think he meant D2 or Destiny as a whole? Could they really stay in D2's engine for five years? Excited to see what this could be mean for the potential of D3 in the engine. Um, Calcutta Ho, thank you for 13 months. Welcome back. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so difficult because they're talking about Destiny, they're talking about Shadowkeep, and Destiny 2 is obviously maybe an assumed thing in that statement that they're doing five more years of Destiny 2 um, which makes a little bit more sense of the whole like we're running out of room thing if they like I think they could figure out a way to get us through another year or two of D2 and not have to cut content but I think they have to go so far down the line with this game now given that we, we've all kind of taken shots at the engine and, and everything else there's two things that need to be said about the engine that I brought up earlier number one, the Tiger engine as cumbersome as it is it optimized and it scaled up really really well for PC play this game looks beautiful on PC which means if they start coming out with really really strong consoles and the Destiny engine can tap into that power, I think this would be one of the best-looking games that you could play, like, as a shooter, like, RPG looter shooter on those new consoles, because it looks great on PC, okay? So we need to be able to first... We have to first say that, that the engine does scale well to platforms that could offer higher-fidelity graphical performance. However, it's not that the engine can't crank out amazing graphics. 
you know, it's it's the engines being held back by the console in respect to that. But in another lane entirely separate from that discussion, the engine and the dev tools and the technology by now are outdated and seem to be difficult for them to work with in a, an expeditious way. We have leaks, you know, to Kotaku saying that they got to load an entire area overnight and then wait and come back the next day. You know, it takes them a long time to do make changes and make updates. It seems it seems like that's more the reason why a lot of us are like, man, you need a new engine. And then a third thing that I, I kind of left out earlier when we were talking about this would be dedicated servers. I mean, dedicated servers, the present engine, according to an interview they did after the D2 world premiere, this architecture can't interact with dedicated servers. So there needs to be some clarity here that I think might be lacking sometimes when we talk about the engine. The engine isn't the reason that you get 30 FPS on console. It's the limitations of the consoles. This engine scales up very, very well on strong platforms, and it's very well optimized. It's the... It's the agility and the ability of them to create and make updates quickly. So whether they're creating content or making changes quickly, and it's the lack of ability for this engine's architecture to interact with dedicated servers. Pandemic Louie. Since everyone loves random rolls so much, why was static rolls a thing? No one knows the answer to this. A lot of speculation has been made that they were just trying to simplify the game for people, and at the very, very first community summits, uh, Clintus quoted them at saying that they were trying to round off and smooth off the rough edges of destiny and in the process they did too many they rounded off way too many edges they smoothed out the the game way too much and i think at the time the analogy the guy made was you can't throw a baseball well without the threads on there you got to have those you got to have things that can kind of latch on and, and hook and grab and it they didn't seem to have that they had uh over over casualify the game sacrificer says lono did you notice the unarmored vex helmet on the hunter at about 745 750 in the vid doc maybe upgraded raid helmet i mean i'm not going to go back to that spot that's not really a, that's not really fitting for here i don't i don't typically have the videos running during q and a we we do the whole zapruder film and slow it down and pause it or blah 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 but it, it, it unarmored vex helmet on the hunter in the Vidoc, maybe upgraded raid helmet. Yeah, I'm curious now, Frick, because this is this this goes back to the debate about um, this goes back to the debate about the raid armor, right? So you're saying at 7:45. Those of you listening to the audio version, you're not going to be able to see this. Um, 7:45 to 7:50. What here in the lineup? I don't see it, dude. Are you talking about here in the lineup? Sacrificer, because I'm not, I am not seeing an unupgraded helmet for a hunter. I'm definitely seeing he has on, he has on an exotic on the right. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh, you know what that probably is? That looks like the Vex offensive stuff. It's got all the wires on it. It's got all the wires on it. If you look on the far side, the Titan's in the back. On the right side, far right side. The Titan's in the back. Hunter's in the middle because he's got his hood down. And then the Warlock is closest to us. Um, yeah, hoods being down for Hunters might be an option for all hoods. I don't know. Because sometimes you get like a really good cloak and you hate the hood. Um, so I don't know. That's Knucklehead without the hood. Again, listen listen very closely. Listen, listen very closely. 
It's the hunter on the right side of your screen. Okay? He's not on the side with the red titan. He's on the other side with the titan that has, like, the horn. He's in the middle. Um, and that seems to be some type of a Vex helmet. That, to me, looks like the weapons that we're going to be getting from Vex Offensive. Look at the gu- look at the weapon that the Titan is holding in the back on the right, okay? In the back on the right, the Titan's holding one of those weapons. It's covered in grass and moss and it's got like the wire, like the yellow, I'm sorry, the white wires on it. Then look at that hunter helmet. Those white wires are also present. My first thought was an ornament for Knucklehead. It could be an ornament for Knucklehead Radar. I don't know about that. I don't know why they would suddenly throw that in there. Um, it seems more like it's in line with something that you would be getting from Vex Offensive because there's an armor set in there. But didn't they say the armor from Vex Offensive is the same as the armor coming from the bat- the past? So I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, that's why I don't like doing stuff like that in Q&A because it's just like, it's really, really hard to know and it doesn't make for good Q&A discussion because it's just me kind of rambling while we look at images that people listening to the audio version can't see. Debata, curious as to what character you will level first in Shadowkeep? Um, I mean, I think the big question that is kind of not answered right now is what's leveling going to look like in Shadowkeep? I'm going to have a whole lot more time than I did when I was preparing for Crown of Sorrow. Crown of Sorrow, I ran out of time and just went in with the Hunter. Uh, I was actually going to consider going in, I think, think with a titan i honestly don't know um we're i think we're going to try and do a two 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 warlocks two titans uh two hunters in in the new raid if we can king gordon do you ever feel like bungie says the same things just in a different way in their hype videos i just feel like they have been saying the same thing for the last two years of how they want to make the game great and they haven't really delivered yet in my opinion um I, I, I disagree with this at a few levels. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this apart because I think there's multiple layers where you're 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 inaccurate here. Uh, Rougarou with 34 months. Rougarou so close to three years, man. Thank you for such a long sub. Six months from Fluffy Panda. Thanks for using your Prime sub. If you guys have a Prime sub and you use it here, I appreciate you doing that. We got Borderlands emotes and ad-free viewing. So when you sub here, you will not see ads. I know ads have become uh, kind of kind of cumbersome on the platform. Okay, so at the at the at the at the first layer of where I want to disagree with you. You feel like they say the same things in a different way in their hype videos. You feel like they've been saying the same things for the last two years. Um, I completely disagree with that. I I think that's an inaccurate summary of what they've been saying. They have never, ever, I mean ever, been able to say, prior to the Shadowkeep New Light announcement, they've never been able to talk about being in total control of their game. They've never cast a vision. They have never cast a five-year vision for where the game is going. They have never donned the, the title MMO action game until now. Uh, there, so there are there's significant layers here where I believe you are inaccurate in what you're saying. We we are at a new sort of precipice of not only are they donning the MMO you know title, but they're also saying here's a five year vision. Here's where we want to go. They have never done that before. Okay, so I think that's provably false. So your premise is 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 kind of just dismantled at this point, which means your conclusion is then also in in bad shape at this point. So that you're saying um 
they want to make the game great and they haven't really delivered on that in my opinion so premise being kind of false and and demonstrably false like we can demonstrate it being false with how they've how, they, how they've addressed this for the last couple of years makes your conclusion false as well in my opinion because if you look at the difference from d2 vanilla to forsaken and forsaken to now with the annual pass and then the restructuring of what they're doing with the pass and with shadow keep i i don't know i i think I think that they've made really, really brought the game forward. I would actually wager to say that right now, after Menagerie landed, okay, ignore Age of Triumph and Destiny One. Ignore Age of Triumph because as soon as you get you get an Age of Triumph, people's brains get real cloudy and fuzzy on the accuracy of how things were back then. Actually, you know what? No, let's include Age of Triumph. I would say after Menagerie that Destiny Two with Menagerie was. The, it, we're at the best place Destiny's ever been as a franchise and we can only go up because all Age of Triumph was was four raids reskinned with challenges thrown in that does nothing for 90% of the community there was no content for a year after Rise of Iron no new content, nothing new to do They've added seasonal activities, seasonal free events. They've added the season pass. They've added new activities that are going to rotate every season. They've added the artifact. They've added, uh, they've added a new location. Like they've added, they've re- they've revamped the weapon system. They're adding armor 2.0. I think it's very, very difficult to say they haven't delivered on making the game. You know, now maybe you're saying it's not great, but as Luke Smith said in the video. We had to reset the bones with Forsaken. We had to break some bones and reset them. And he said, are we done yet? And he said, no, not by a long shot. Uh, so. Tucci. I'm torn between breaking down Eververse items now or waiting until after Shadowkeep. My thought about the shards and Glimmer will be more central to the grind than Bright Dust. Presuming also that the Eververse items will still have a similar a silver component. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't give advice on this. I mean, if you're if you're wanting to break down your Eververse stuff for the for the Bright Dust, go ahead. I, there's a, there's if you want to keep it, go ahead. That's up to you. I don't really have advice on that. Wizzy uh, Savaka with the next question. I heard you read the narrative lore in Shadowkeep. Do you think that Tolan was hinting to Eris that the nightmares were possibly responsible for their fire team failing so badly? I didn't, I didn't read it with that much comprehension, bro. I read it through it so you guys could hear it. It sounded cool. It sounded very clear that Savathun is doing things in the background and that Eris consistently referred to my queen as Marasov. So they're all going to work together. And I wouldn't be surprised if one of the first things they do with that little trio is that Eris tracks down uh, Aldrin. Now that Aldrin has been rezzed by a ghost and will have no memory of his past, and he'll be considered basically a guardian at that point, I would think. Evil the Waffler. Bungie is changing how damage is done with primaries. Do you think maybe the kinetic damage bonus will go away to make it better to use energy primaries? If they were going to do that, homie, they would have said so, and they didn't. So I don't see why they're doing this. I actually want them to standardize primaries, have them all in the primary slot, have them all have elements, and just maintain their damage output. Uh, H22 Accord. One of the best error videos showed DPS with mountaintop without auto reloading. And it is balanced with the other special weapons. Do you think it still needs a nerf on top of the reloading nerf that made it so strong? I mean, I like I don't really have a strong opinion on a nerf here. I don't know enough to commentate. Wizzy Savoka. Listening to the new weapons firing in the vid doc, do you think there has the best sounding weapons in gaming? 
I mean, I don't in ga- in all of gaming. I don't know about that. I, they sound good. I always think the I think the sound design in Destiny is always very good. I think one of the best sound designs is on the Ace of Spades because once Memento Mori is going, there's an extra sound layered on top, and it sounds really really cool. Uh, Far West Fox, looking at the rank rewards, do you feel uh, it's a fair balance between paid and free, and those having issues with Battle Pass? Here's the thing. If you're buying Shadowkeep, then this isn't even a concern of you. You just get the you just get the paid track. If you're playing Destiny five years into its franchise and you enjoyed enough to get passionate about the top part not having enough on it, I have a struggle to take a person like that serious because you've been playing you've been playing all this time and you're gonna get upset about the fact that like they've added they've added an extra thing for you to get like I don't know who these people are that five years into the Destiny franchise are not going to spend any money when Shadowkeep comes out they're going to sit on the sidelines and get free loot that for all intents and purposes they don't deserve anything for free like congratulations you played the game for a long time sweet I go to the same restaurant you know, I go to the same grocery store all the time. You know, like I, <laughs> it, you're not you're not entitled to like getting a bunch of free stuff. So the fact that they're giving you free stuff just cause, I think is a really really smart way uh, to do it. And if people have issues with this, like I could see somebody being like, "Well, the battle pass really dries up after level sixty. You're not getting anything on the top." Do you know what I would say to that? I'd be like, "Yeah, that that's kind of how it works." You know, you want to walk around Costco and get the free food samples. Eventually, you're going to run out of people to sample food from and you're going to have to buy something and take it home with you. You're not going to go, what are you going to have? Go have a seven course meal at Costco? No, that's not what the samples are designed for. The top track is is designed to whet your appetite and ooh, it's, it's it's stuff that I can get just for playing and then once you get super far into it, you know, you get there. Portante said, it's like buying groceries at the same place for someone who only takes the samples. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, my food my food analogies are really taking taking root here, so um, you get free food at Costco where you are? Yeah, there's there's usually little like shot, like little stations to be like try the pizza rolls, man, you know, and they like have them all heated up. Uh, so it's just I, if anybody has an issue with this, I don't know what issue they have. The people that have attempted to type up substantive criticisms to this on my YouTube channel, I read it in about two sentences is it's two sentences in there's all these contradictions and just total like logical breakdowns. It's just even when they try to sound smart about it, they end up sounding and I don't mean this in a mean way. They just end up sounding stupid. It's like the franchise has been out for five years. If you want to continue your experience, then pay the freaking money. I, I don't... The, the, the freeloader comment from the guys at Apex Legends, like, it resonated with me because I kind of want those people to feel that little, like, light tooth kick. Like, shut up. Like, if you're not spending money, then shut up. Like, no one... Like, no one cares what you think if you're just trying to squeeze as much free stuff as you can out of a game without spending a dime. And I think most of the people that go on these 
tangents and complaints on on Reddit and other places. I think a lot of the times they're just doing it because they know they can and they'll get a bunch of likes and clicks from people being like, "Oh yeah, it's grimy and it's pay to win and blah, 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 blah. and they're just they're just leveraging bumper sticker criticism that's so thoughtless and empty. It's just like I, there are no none. There are no valid criticisms to this other than not liking the fact that we get an exotic right away. Other than that, it's like, and I get that, like exotics were kind of all over the place. You got the Thunderlord was really easy to get. I mean, they're, they're kind of everywhere. So, you even stop getting patch updates to old versions of Windows. At some point, you have to pay money for new things. I, yeah, as far as as far as Bungie's treatment of the free-to-play players, it's unbelievable what they're giving you. They even confirmed on Twitter that New Light players will also get the Menagerie and Reckoning and the Forges. Like, what What the actual frick? You pay zero dollars. <laughs> zero dollars. And you get basically all of year one and a portion, the most substantive portion of year two for nothing, for no dollars. I, that's cr- Go to any developer and ask for that much content for zero dollars and see what you get. Warframe, cool. Go play Warframe. I'm t- any other game, <laughs> any other game. <laughs> Just go and be like, hey, your game has been out for a couple of years. I would like all the content from the first year, and I would say about half to two-thirds of the content from the second year. I would like all of that for free. Thank you for your cooperation. People be like, what are, What the frick are you talking about? No, we're not giving you all that for free. Um, this has got to be, I think, one of the one of the best like and, and smartest systems with how to treat the free and the paying customer. And when when we get to season of dawn in December, ten dollars. I mean, I mean, really? Are you gonna are you gonna balk at ten dollars to get the artif like the artifacts free, right? But you get this bottom track, a hundred levels. It'll be full of rewards just like this. You can see the bottom track doesn't slow down. My hope would be that they're they're setting up a precedence here that when you get this, you get this, you get you know whole thing, and then a new activity. And then a new a new loot pool with that new activity for for ten dollars. So, and listen, I know people like to get high and mighty, and I know like they, they like to make their videos and say that like the Destiny community is being lulled to sleep, and we're you know we're the frog being slowly boiled in the water, and all this stuff is just grimy and scummy and good to do. I don't know what idyllic form of content delivery they're comparing Destiny to. I don't know what you're comparing it to to draw those conclusions, but whatever games you think are doing it so significantly better, then go the frick there and play those games. Cause like I don't, I don't, I don't know what idyllic utopian promised land video game you're comparing this structure to to be like this is so grimy. I I, I truly truly don't know what planet these people are on and what video games they're playing to draw these comparisons. Our Grabe. In the newest VidDoc at 606, they show the artifact at 56th light with the season rank of 775 under the character emblem. Do you think this means leveling up your light will not be as beneficial for more casual players as, uh, as, the, as players may perceive? Well, I would think double dipping would be the best approach here. 
if you're doing your milestones and your activities to drop the powerful drops for your character, you're also getting XP that's leveling the artifact and you're kind of double dipping. That's going to be the most effective way to level. But if you just feel like playing crucible all week or strikes or you just really like to run pubs in the flashpoint and that's kind of what you do each week you're still going to be leveling up even though you're not really doing the let me get out the calculator and let me get out sweat sickle spreadsheet and figure out like what's the most effective way to level up if you're not doing that you're still going to level up and that's kind of the purpose of the artifact to kind of have that undercurrent of just play but I don't think you, you can draw the conclusion that this means leveling up your lights just not as beneficial I don't think so if you're cranking through you know you're cranking through sweat sickle spreadsheet and you're doing all those activities and getting powerfuls as well as getting XP you're getting both you're kind of banging on all cylinders so far west fox some weapons shown seem misplaced with designs could that then being in the dungeon or moon drops I have no idea I have no idea. There was a ton of stuff that we saw in the video. I didn't go super, super in-depth and zoom in because I kind of wanted to do the talk and the Q&A so I could play some more Borderlands. And so I didn't want to come over a 10-minute video and try to, like, do our usual, like, Let's, what are these? What do we think these weapons come from? What about these weapons? We end up wrong a lot of the times, even though it's fun. So we got a little bit more into more substantive discussion today about the video. So I don't really have a comment here. Evil the Waffler. Mods for guns are changing. I think it will force us to have a certain mod on to deal damage to the hive or other enemies. If this is true, what are your thoughts? Evil, I'm I'm not sure why you are submitting some of these questions lately. You dream something up and then ask me to interact with it. Where did you get this? That we're going to have to have a mod on to deal damage to hive or other enemies? That's not... If you're talking about the artifact mods for the overload and the barrier champions, that is not... I don't know where you're pulling this from. If that's what you're talking about, then that's not necessary. It's a benefit. You're not going to go in someplace and be like, yeah, your gun doesn't damage Hive. You need thus and so mod. But if you have like the barrier mod on, you'll be able to pop the barrier on that guy quicker. From the video you showed us today, yeah, they specifically talked about that evil. Maybe you just, I, I would maybe rewatch it if you missed it. They're talking about champ. They're showing champions, and then there's a previous video from Gamescom where they showed what those individual things on the artifact did. Those individual bonuses for overload, barrier, and frick, I forget the other one. You get there's mods on the artifact that allow you to do damage to those guys in a more expeditious way. You're not, I don't think you're going to go into Nightmare Hunt and be like, oh no, it's a barrier champion and none of us have barrier mods on. I'm at work, I might have misunderstood. They didn't actually even say that in the video, so that's why I mean, I don't know where you're dreaming this up. They didn't say anything in the vid doc to indicate that you're going to need a mod on your gun just to damage Hive. Like, that's not a... They've not even intimated that in the slightest way. Mr. Radio Voice, do you think that they are going to kill the older content on PC as well? Or do you think that maybe they would move the game to the next-gen consoles with better storage requirements to be able to keep all the content? Oh, I mean, no, everybody's getting the same treatment. 
they're not going to be like, oh no, PC's got more storage space <laughs> and RAM than, you know, consoles. So it's across the board. There's going to be activities like Vex Offensive introduced that are then retired to save, you know, space in the game. And having a PC won't change that. And moving the game over to the next gen for better cons- storage. Listen, it's super complicated to pull the trigger and say, hey, this next DLC you can't get unless you have new consoles. Because 2020 is the launch of the new consoles. A year later, you could maybe do a DLC and say, it's been a year, this this DLC is only landing on the new consoles. We don't have enough space on the old. You know, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a lot of There's a lot of moving parts there that could land very, very differently than we're talking. Pokemon Lover 9000 on the roadmap are under the Dawn DLC. They have fixed the timeline. What do you speculate Bungie will be fixing? I think Season of Dawn is going to be centered around Osiris, uh, Mercury. I think Trials of Osiris will also return in Season of Dawn. It'll kick off with the Dawning. And I think we're going to fix the timeline, which if we're going to be fixing a timeline, we're going to be doing something with Osiris, will be my thought. He's found something in the simulations that is going to allow us to change timelines, which I don't know how that's going to relate to the overall story because they said that Season 8 is a catalyst, Season 9 is a build, Season 10 it gets intense, and then Season 11 it all comes together. So if Season 9 is a build, then if Night, if, if, if the Vex Offensive gets shut down, then whatever they would introduce with fixing the timeline in season 9 which is going to build to an intensity and it's going to build to everything coming together in season 11 so Stranger has to do with timelines I still think they're going to keep her in their pocket for a long time but maybe not maybe they bring her back and she helps us fix something that ultimately leads to whatever happens in the intensity in season 10 like we cause more harm than good Gale play is there something in Borderlands 3 that we should want to have or see in Destiny 2 I you know I don't know brother alternate fire modes maybe would be pretty cool to see come to Destiny 2 uh you know that could be a that could be a nice a nice feature um I don't I don't know I, I feel like they have such separate identities you don't want to blend them too much I, that'd be the only thing I would think it'd be cool to get different firing modes and I already talked about having scouts that had variable variable firing rates and, and range uh, C-Mac hey Lono when looking at the season pass rewards do we get both rewards from the free and premium track if we buy season pass or do we just get one track oh yeah homie <laughs> Come on, homie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're a paying customer, you get the top track. Now, what's going to happen, I think, is that there's potentially things on the top track that you're already going to have, maybe, like armor pieces and stuff, that it'll, it'll just have a check mark on it. So, the... Let's... I mean, well, there's a gun there, though. I mean, I don't know. This gun here... There's a gun at level 30 that I don't think we see earlier. He could that just could just come out of the box. I don't know. That box at the very beginning right here at level 1. I don't know. I I would imagine you would get every you would get you would get all of it. You would get all of it. And if you get to any of it and you've already gotten it. No, it doesn't look like there's anything on the top that would be a duplicate cuz there's a machine gun on the top 
and there is the exotic obviously we get that day one and then there is this auto rifle and those are going to roll just static roll and then you would you know you would probably just I don't know not even use it maybe because it's static rolls are usually not that great I don't expect anything they're giving you in this pass is not designed to be god roll anything it's just there to give you something Gaz TTV do you think mountaintop's going to be worth going for after Lunafaction nerf it's hard to say as a PV- PVE player probably not which makes me glad I didn't go for it Evil the Waffler might be nothing but in almost every vid doc Bungie has shown EP armor do you think it just looks nice or that's uh, and that's why or do they change us coming to the old activities I, I don't want to go f- too far down this rabbit hole because it's clear in Shadowkeep they're not replenishing anything and it was also clear from Dylan that they had to do a lot of testing before they could do anything to the, the like the, the lion's share of the loot there so um, you know Dylan made it seem as though if they were going to try to just do EP weapons with random rolls it was going to be a lot of testing and so, given that reality, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole and be like, oh yeah. So I don't think they're doing anything with EP. I don't think they're doing anything with the weapons. Now, the reason I think they show the EP armor is it's super iconic and people know that it's from Warmind. So it's clear that there's like a purpose. You can still go, go get that armor with the armor 2.0. Uh, Commander Tyke. I like the new system for Nightfalls, but I really hope that there is a point in killing the champions. What rewards do you think that would there would be? Well, in the video, they show that when you go to the harder difficulties, you get more modifiers, but you also get exotics go from being an uncommon drop to a common drop. And then there's new currency, and that new currency is needed for the Armor 2.0 system. So, I think the idea is you go up in difficulty, and what I was saying today, when, when Chevy came in and kind of asked, like, well, if we can get over 1,000 power, what's it matter if their hardest difficulty is 980? I would think, I would think that they would be able to use the modifiers to make the content unique and challenging and not lean so heavily on a delta. And then you're getting more, you know, you're getting more rewards for it. Calcuttaho, would you prefer multiple small raid layers per year or two medium large raids per year? I would think there... <sighs> There are significant challenges, I think, in the value transmission of a small raid. Number one, it it feels too short, and number two, it's difficult. It's it's difficult to shove a loot pool in there. So, I would say that I would for two medium, two medium to long a year, and then really make sure that the loot is worth it. I, I would struggle to think that they could do really small ones and have the loot be worth it. Sarge says both. No, I mean, let's be realistic here. Vicarious Visions built Crown of Sorrow, and High Moon Studios helped with Scourge. How in the frick do you think they're going to make up that bandwidth and do big raids and little raids? I don't think we're going to get another raid after Garden of Salvation. We will not see another raid until the following year in September. You're going to get one raid a year, and then they're going to use the events and the challenges in that raid to keep those endgame loops uh, healthy. Because on the roadmap, if if we scroll down here to the roadmap, on November the 5th, that is the first raid challenge. The first. One month after the raid comes out. I'm telling you, there'll be another raid challenge in December. That'll be the second raid challenge, and that'll be in Season of Dawn. And then the third raid challenge will land in the sp- in probably in the summer. And maybe even those raid challenges one and two might rotate. I don't know. 
I highly, highly doubt they're going to be able to make up the bandwidth. I don't think the raid team... I, I, I agree with Tassie. We would probably then get one in the summer. But it makes it really hard for me to believe they would do one in the summer if they also then plan on doing a decent DLC next uh, next September. Um, the first raid challenge was always a month after because they made you get clan rank 4. Yeah, I mean, I may be reading too deep into the tea leaves here. This could literally be just because of the uh, the getting your clan ranked up. And then we'll just first raid challenge, and then on the 12th will be the next raid challenge. You can just cycle through them um, right away. Portante. Am I crazy to think that a lot of year 3 D2 is similar to D1 year 3? Uh, examples include hand cannon range, nerf, and accuracy buff. Added artifact, location in, in a place the Guardians have been, ETC. Uh, they have all, they are shared between Year 3 in both games. Oh, you're trying to draw a parallel here. I mean, I, I don't think you're crazy to see similarities, and I don't think th- I don't think it's crazy to find similarities because they're they're more than likely looking at what worked in the past and trying it again. Venom. You think the idea of resetting bounties in the post uh, and the postmaster should be implemented prior to the new season, especially considering this artifact reset? Uh, that would sort of go in line with it, right? A reset bounties in the postmaster should be implemented prior to the new season. Are you saying that like your bounties should like autocomplete? I don't have a strong opinion on this. If people want to stack bounties to get XP for the artifact, I'd let them. Bungie's just got to figure out how to not let people do that. Uh, Ginger three hundred. They did that with they did that with Infamy. Remember when we were leveling up for the for the was it was it Crown of Sorrow? And we had like a day and everybody was going to gambit to like basically do the early thing. Like I'm your boss or shutting down, you know, it's early. Um, Yeah, I don't know. You're getting that question because other content creators are making a big deal about it last night on Twitter. James work said the BL three and the base game have more content than D two and all the expansions. What do you think of that? I mean, I don't know about that. I just don't know if, if I think that they did it with infamy, right? They did it with infamy. They were like, if you're going to cash in old bounties, your infamy rewards are going to get capped. It like infected your infamy rank because people were doing that. They were saving infamy bounties. If you save XP bounties from this season, I would think you'd go to cash those in and they'd have no effect on the artifact, you know? Uh, Ginger 300. In the vid doc, when they mentioned season nine, they show guardians walking towards Rasputin. Coincidence, or do you think it was deliberate? I mean, they said something really, really big is going to happen, and then they showed that. So yeah, Rasputin's probably going to have a role. I don't think that was an accident. Um, now, now, that would be in line with me saying that we are we are on like the precipice of them using those seasons as a way to reuse old content and have it be done for free. That could be a hint that they're going back to, you know, to Warmind and to to Mars and, you know, they could do uh, free stuff. You do free stuff where, hey, the free stuff's on Mars, EP, new pools and stuff, and then the new activity and the new storyline is tied to Rasputin and stuff going on, you know, on uh, on Mars. Did you see errors, Vid? I'm seeing that that 
Glad and other streamers are basically calling for the Jotun to be addressed immediately because it's going to be bad for the world's first race, which is, you know, kind of right around the corner. Arcanist, will we no longer get Bright Ingrams after completing the season rank rewards? Bright Ingrams are a thing of the past. Uh, you're not going to get Bright Ingrams. If you want to get Bright Dust, there's going to be bounties to complete, and they're going to do best of Ingrams. You can see those in here. Everybody's going to get these best of Ingrams all on the top. Ginger 300. In the vid doc, they talked about season 9 showing Guardians. You already asked that. Big Huge. Do you think Bungie would ever retire an entire destination to put a new one in? Like if the Leviathan eventually eats the entirety of Nessus. Well, I mean, we all kind of secretly want them to do that with Mercury. Uh, so. <laughs> we all kind of want them to secretly do that with uh, with Mercury. So it'd be... I, I don't know if they're ever going to get to that point, though. I mean, at the very least, they could shut down the farm and restructure the campaign to take you to the tower if you want to play through the, the whole campaign. They're not going to break the game. Um, but as far as being like, yep, yeah, Mercury's gone, I don't know if they're ever going to do that. I don't think anybody would complain if they did that. Pandemic. Do you think Bungie would ever reach out for ideas from the community for future content or just stick to listening to feedback? They did mention they want to make content that we would like. I think they listen to us a lot. I think they listen to us a lot. I think that they've implemented things directly from community feedback. They've, they've implemented types of content. They've implemented, you know, reward structures that we have specifically asked for. That has 100% happened. So I, I, I don't know if they just look for feedback. They also look for ideas. Um... Fix the timeline means goodbye, Mercury. Yeah, I mean, that could be what we do that season. We just get rid of Mercury. Again, I don't I don't think you're going to get any complaints from the community about that. Uh, getting rid of Mercury would be, would be a, a welcome change. So, I would think that the only problem they're going to face doing that is you're going to have those insistent people to be like, oh, I paid for that and you're taking it away. Bungie, if they do it, would have to run the numbers and be like, on average... The percentage of players that interact with Mercury on a weekly basis is so insanely low that we feel it's it's just to use the next season or the next DLC or whatever to get rid of Mercury. <laughs> it's like people just don't go there. Uh, an infinite forest can be used for things like Verdant Forest and Haunted Forest as an instanceable activity for free for a season. But again, that's that's different, I would think. So. That's uh, that's that's a lower amount of questions, but that's totally fine. Uh, you know, I got back from LA, so I don't want to go too long here. I'm actually struggling to stay like focused and keep my thoughts clear. So <laughs> it's been a long it's been a long 24 hours. I haven't really slept, so I took a red eye back on the 18th and got back this morning. So uh, we're gonna end the Q and A there. We can keep talking, obviously, and discussing, but we are probably gonna shift gears here. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I appreciate you listening to all of my content. Please like, share, and subscribe.